0: Welcome to the Jersey to Vegas podcast. This podcast talks about the hows, whys, and what's next in your life journey. If you're looking to start fresh and turn over a new leaf, you're in the right place. Now, here's your host, Pete Isop.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Pete from the Jersey to Vegas podcast, uh, episode number twenty-one. Thank you guys for coming out. the uh, The podcast today is going to be a little bit more relaxed. I'm just going to talk a little bit of a couple topics, and the one topic that I'm going to talk about is the the difference differences in the change. Like I talked about, how uh, Vegas was different from New Jersey, and like how I I couldn't find some things. And now, you know, obviously living here for a little bit longer, things are a little bit different, and I have a little bit more perspective on on the the way we live here, so I'm going to go over that. I'm going to go through a Crank goodbye letter, and I'm going to wait that till the end, so if you can, just hang out till the end of the podcast. I'm going to read my letter to Crank. Um, Never did that before, except for in therapy, and that was pretty hard, but I believe that the people that have been watching and have been following deserve to listen to the letter um, in this phase of um, grief, You know, and I've been talking about grief and grieving, and all the other stuff that's been going on in the life of the change of uh, since coming here to Las Vegas. So, the biggest thing that I'm going to do is at the end, I'm going to read that letter to you, go over a couple of things about the depression and how it feels, and uh, yeah, we'll just talk. You know, we'll just talk today. But I'm going to shout out our sponsors, sponsors Mr. Greenville Coffee Roasters with Ames and Boost Fitness in Nutley, New Jersey. Guys, please make sure you check them out on Instagram. Again, that's uh, Greenville Coffee on Instagram and then you have Boost Fitness on Instagram as well. Check it out. So like always, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it and you want to, please, if you have any questions uh, that you want to ask me in particular, please, do me a favor, reach out to me. You can email me at peteisip at gmail.com. That's my personal email, peteisip at gmail.com. Ask me any questions you want and or if you're on YouTube, just comment down below and obviously I'll I'll get back to you and then answer the questions that you might have. Speaking of that, we had one question that came in was, uh, what's the difference between fitness 10 years ago and fitness now? Now, when he asked me this question on YouTube, I was like, which one? Are you talking about business or are we talking about an actual, uh, the functionality of fitness in, in its own? The difference between 10 years and now, it's way more popular than it was due to social media and uh, Instagram and TikTok and trends it's really has picked up speed now i'm not going to say that's a bad thing is it annoying yeah it's annoying who wants to wait for a camera setup while someone's bench pressing who wants to wait who wants to wait for someone to instead of spotting you now have TikTok spotters right you have people that hand Hold your phone for you and film your set, which I get it. If, you, if you're doing it for entertainment purposes, I, 100%, I get it. But it doesn't have to be every set. It can be one, right? It could be one set that you're going to choose. that You're going to TikTok away. or You're going to Instagram reel away, which I, I, I do it too. I do it every once in a while. But to do it every set. And to have an actual spotter, like i don 't even think they have spotters, but I call them the spotter, like you need one now you need you need one for the barbell, and then you need one for your camera, so you don't if you don't have a fucking camera stand, well, then you need something to help you out with uh to film, but it's a little overboard when now we're doing more of tricks and pranks and all that other noise that is popular and it's trending, right, but at the same time those gags could cause a little bit of, you know, a problem in the gym with with people that have been seasoned and people that are there that are there for serious reasons that want to like work out. But then someone's doing a prank or a gag and, you know, that kind of like ruins the the set or that ruins the moment for some lifter. So, you know, I think I think respect in every way is fine. If the gym is empty, then yeah, maybe you could have a filming session then, but if it's like a full gym and people are trying to get their sets in. Well, maybe just wait for another time. That's my opinion on the whole TikTok era of of fitness. And put a shirt on, please. Just put a fucking shirt on, maybe. Like it'd be it'd be cool if you just put one shirt on instead of none, like all the time. One, one, one shirt would help. But that really doesn't explain anything about how it's different. Um, I think it's moving more towards like there was a phase, right? There was phases of mud run races. There was a phase of kettlebells. Back in like 2009, 2011, kettlebells started getting a little bit uh, picking up speed, right? You'd see seminars and workshops and all that, all that jazz. And then after that, strength became a a factor, and powerlifting became a really big, uh, like a big hook for people, because now people had things to compete in and things to do. Like I used to go to powerlifting competitions in like 2008, 2009. Zero people there. That thing was done in like two hours. That was lightweights, women's, and then heavyweights, all done in like two hours. Now, it's a day for women's powerlifting. Like you need you need a whole day just to get through the whole bracket of women powerlifters, and then you get into to, to regular men and then the light men, then the, the heavies and the big guys need their own day as well. You know, so it's a, it, you can see the big difference in in powerlifting and how it's changed. And, um, now, I think it's turning to body calisthenics. Um, the armor armor hammer, the the sword, I can't think of the name, the axle, the anvil, I don't know, whatever. That thing, it's the big long stick with the ball on the end. It looks like a big lollipop. It looks like, the, it looks like when you eat a lollipop and then you're almost done with it that you just want to throw it out. Or if you have a Tootsie Roll Pop, like a Tootsie Pop, and you lick it, but you don't want the chocolate, and then it's still at the end. That's what that thing looks like to me people are using that. They're using clubs, um, Bulgarian sandbags. What else? You know, it's a lot of different things, more functional um, freedom, I would say. Uh, Definitely body awareness and body movement is huge. And then finding different ways to stay out of pain. So... You know, you still have your CrossFit. CrossFit's not going anywhere. It's, it's, it's pretty much one of the main ones going around. Powerlifting is still there. Strength training is always there, especially if you're in sports performance and or an athlete at some point who usually end up transitioning to CrossFit anyway just because they want that competitive field. Um, but then you have the people that really c- work on the, the Mace's. The Mace. Jesus. The mace training, the, the clubs and the kettlebells, med balls, a little bit more minimalist, but more about adding like fluid, natural movements, like in different planes of motion um, on, on top of some body weight movement as, as well. Now, what's the difference? Whatever you want. Like, what do you want to train? What do you want to work on? You know, I think that's the biggest thing. And Fitness revolves over and over and over. It's like fashion, right? Look what's coming back. 90s pants, 80s clothes, it's all making its way back. The colors of the 80s, it's coming back, right? It's back here for a little while, and it's going to go away, then it's going to come back again, just like fitness. Fitness is the same thing. Kettlebells went away for a little bit. They were good in like 2008, 9, 10, started building speed, and then they, they got quiet for a while, and the barbell became the big thing with ollie lifting and CrossFit building up speed, and then now they're starting to come back again, now with just a whole new bunch of cousins. You know, So that's what I think has changed in the fitness uh, industry. Um, it, it and For anyone, it all depends on on what it is you're looking for. If you're looking for um, maces and working with a lollipop, then you could do that. If you work with a, a kettlebell, which is a, a pocketbook with forks inside it, then you could do that. Or you could use a barbell, which has been around for a thousand years. It's Whatever you want to choose is whatever you're going to choose. So that's my take on the difference between fitness 10 years ago versus now. The difference between drivers here and the drivers in Vegas, Vegas sucks, they're terrible. I'm a slow driver, which makes me a terrible driver just because I'm slow. People here are terrible drivers because they cross three lanes, they U-turn wherever they want, they're not really that nice. And they just kind of drive any way they want to drive. It's like the fucking wild, wild west of driving here. You got people in Fast and Furious driving around like crazy. You got people in regular cars that think they're in Fast and Furious driving like crazy. Then you got people that are just crazy because they're crazy when they're driving. Um, I've I've found myself almost getting to a couple accidents. Like just out of nowhere versus like in Jersey. I never really got it. Maybe it's the, the, the faster speed limit. That's like 45 miles an hour pretty much everywhere. And then, you know, 35, 45, and then the highways are 65, I think. And I go those limits. Like, I don't go faster than that because I don't like it. And I don't know if my, my car starts shaking anyway, so I don't, I don't really enjoy the way that feels. The biggest thing that I, I see is that if I'm driving and I cut someone off or I get cut off by someone, I'm going to fucking, like, Give you the finger. I want to like curse. I want to do fucking motherfucker, motherfucker. Or if, or if I do it, like I, I cut them off by accident, I'm going to say I'm sorry. It's like, oh, like, you know, I feel so bad. Like I, I give a reaction of some sort. Right? If I'm from, That's from New Jersey. Jersey, they love to spit on you. They love to f- give you... I was going to finger you. <laughs> they give, like, give you the finger. They like to roll down the window and threaten to punch you. Over here... They just do it, and then there's no remorse, and there's no, like, like for me, I feel empty inside, because I'd rather have a fight and a battle, like, if someone cuts me off, and I'm like, fuck you, so usually they're going to go, fuck you, no, no, they just say nothing, and they just continue to drive, and there's no eye contact, no one says anything, they just do the deed, and then they leave you in the hole in the dirt, I want immediate gratification of fucking some type of a fight or an argument, I get none, and I feel left out, and this makes me even madder. Because all I want to do is I want to argue with someone. I want to take a roll of fucking pennies and quarters and throw it at their faces. You ever want to just roll down the window because someone's being such an asshole. And you want to take all your coins that you have that you really wanted to save until the new year. And you fucking smash their windows in with all those coins. Ching, 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 That's what I want to do. It's my favorite thing in the world. Before dating Nat and getting in trouble all the time with, with, with the way I drive and kind of the the... Those type of things that I would do. I would take bottles of water and throw them at cars just because they cut me off or because they did something stupid, you know? Here, they just do it, and then nothing. They don't say anything. They don't fight back. Maybe because they have a gun or they think that I have a gun. Since it's legal, I'm not sure what it is uh, that, that makes them drive like fucking pricks. But it, they admit it. That's the best part. At a comedy show, I asked the crowd. I was like, hey, why do you guys drive like assholes? They're like, well, because there's other assholes on the road. So in order to beat the assholes, you also have to be an asshole. Crazy pants. If your kids are listening to this, I apologize 100%. Because I definitely used way too many curse words than I needed to. But that's the, the the one thing. they. And a lot of people aren't from here. So everyone's still getting used to like driving the roads and trying to figure it out i've been here long enough i kind of understand the pattern of how it goes and i'm still not that good at it so i can't blame people for being a bad driver but i can blame them for not wanting to fight me back please like, just give me something give me something to feel good about Like, if i'm gonna argue i'm fucking argue back please just do something but again i guess the whole gun law thing you never know who has a gun who's gonna blow your fucking head off and that wouldn't be fun would it nope
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show.
1: Uh, People are assholes. I, I remember number one, that's different. I remember in my first or second or third, I forget, episode being here, like, oh, people are so nice. They took my cart. No one's ever did that since then, and people are pricks. People don't say hello. I get racist remarks. So here's a story. I was in Costco. And when I, I don't know if I told the story yet, but it doesn't matter. I was in Costco, and I was picking up so just a couple things with Sage. And I had a cart, and there was an older lady that was having trouble picking up two gallons of oil. The, the oils were like five-gallon oils. Was, you know, Costco has like 7,000 oils in one fucking box. So this poor lady is trying to pick this up off the ground. She asked me, she goes, excuse me. Can you please help me pick up this box? Now, I don't know who this lady is. She had a hat that looked like Michael Jackson. She had glasses. She kind of looked like Yoko Ono. So I don't know if she was Asian or Italian or Irish. I don't know what she was, but she looked like Yoko Ono. And Yoko Ono asked me to pick up this this box of oil. As I picked up the box of oil, I put it in her cart, and I, she said, thank you. As I, she said, thank you, there's another older lady in front of her and tells looks at Yoko, and she says, now we'll call Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush is the older white lady. Tells Yoko, I be careful who you ask to help you. But doesn't look at me. Just looks at her. But I'm right there. They're talking, she's, talking, she's talking right there. Be careful who you ask to help you. And then she looks at me. Right? Be careful. Be careful who you ask to help you. Because, then goes back to her. Because last time I asked someone for help, they robbed me for all my stuff in my car outside of, I guess, Costco or some other supermarket. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I may look Mexican at some point. Right? I might look like a gangbanger cholo, but I'm not. Right? But for you to accuse or assume that I'm going to rob this lady with my daughter in a cart, you're a fucking bitch whorebag. Like Barbara Bush. First lady back in 1983, suck it. Like, that's what, that's what it felt like to me. And instead, what do I do? I laugh. <laughs> Walk away. This is going to be a great story. What am I going to do to Barbara Bush? Well, I'll get arrested by Secret Service. I can't do anything. Yoko Ono is going to get mad. John Lennon will get upset if anything happens, if I didn't help her. So we don't want any of that problem uh, inside Costco of Summerlin, Summerlin, Costco. And that's what we're looking at. So yeah, that was racial pro- profiled there. I've been racially profiled at other places, um, and other supermarkets. Uh, yeah, people. Some people just aren't nice, you know. And I guess that's everywhere. I thought it was gonna be like, yeah, everywhere. No, but there's some nice people in New Jersey, and there's some nice people here, and there's some assholes in New Jersey, and so there's some assholes here. That's pretty much the extent of it. Fucking Barbara Bush, man. Couldn't believe it. She said something else too. Like it just, she didn't say it to me. That's the worst part. She said it and then she looked at me and then looked back. So she, I just to let her, just to let me know that she was talking about me. And I was like, I took me by surprise. I was like, this is fucking ridiculously crazy. But at the same time, I don't want to leave the situation because this is a great story. So that's what Barbara Bush did to me Um, in Costco. People are not nice. Um, And food, food. Ugh. Oh uh, food. I found a pizza spot for the kids. I can't eat it. I did have a white pie piece. So, I did have that. Took a chance. It was okay. But who the fuck wants white pie? Nobody. You ever go fucking uh, buy a slice pizza in New York City on a counter? What's always left over? The white pie. Because no one wants to eat except except for some weirdo, right? But that's the only option I get. The only option I get is what the weird people eat. And that is a white pie. Get it? Yes. I mean, if it's a white pie and it's good and you're in the mood for it, perfect. But for the most part, fuck that shit. I don't want a white pie. I want sauce. I want sauce. I want cheese. I want fucking fresh mozzarella. And I want a nice, thin, crust pizza that's going to crunch and then melt in my mouth afterwards, but I can't have it. Anyway, we found one up in Summerlin next to um, the Dave & Buster's up there. And actually, a girl from Nutley, uh, Bethany, works uh, in the same restaurant, except it's a nice Italian restaurant. And it's a little fancy-fancy. And then right next to it is, like, this New York-style, like, I guess, get-your-own-slice pizzeria. You know, they only have sodas and, like, maybe uh, garlic knots and pizza slices and maybe a sandwich or two. I'm not sure what else. It's a very limited menu, but it's, like, an extension of that restaurant. It was very good. My kids loved it. Natalie approved. She said it felt like New York City pizza. So it's not New York City pizza, but it felt like New York City pizza. If you get that, that, that Gen bread, found it. Found a spot here. I don't know any of the names of the places. I'm going to make it up. pizzazz. I made it up. pizzazz Because I don't look at it. Nat Googles it and tries to find it. And I just drive there. And then I buy it and see and test. Last week, I went to the supermarket. And we're just in the mood. Like, Nat was sick. And the kids were sick. So then they finally got better. So I was like, okay. I'm going to get bread. And we're going to have, like, a little uh, charcuterie. Shark coochie, get it? A shark coochie board where I put, like, you know, some meats and cheeses, uh, some olives, and, like, a bunch of loaves of bread and just dip and hang out, and that'll kind of be, like, our dinner and just, you know, graze. I bought the bread in the morning. I tested it at lunch. I threw it out by dinner. It was the worst possible goddamn bread I've ever had in my entire life. It was mushy, soggy. It was disgusting. You know, it looked like Subway sandwiches. You know when you take it out and it has like all those little dots on the bottom? That's when you know. You know bread sucks when there's little dots on the bottom because it's from fucking Quick Check or some shit. I think Quick Check bread is in Jersey is actually better than the bread that I ate here. It was so bad that I threw out three loaves. I don't throw anything out, guys. I'm fat. At, I'm a... Like, Fat kid at heart, I'm Filipino, I don't waste food. Three loaves of bread. You know, I had to throw it out where it was disgusting. But then we found this new place, uh, which was delicious. It was, the bread was, uh, it's got a French, a long French. If you don't know what that is, it's a long roll like this, like a sandwich comes in. And then it's crispy on the outside and nice and soft on the inside. It was very, very good to the point where it's like, man, I wish I just got more of these. And I got like a sourdough bread with like, it was like made with bacon and Gruyere, Gruyere cheese. It's one of those like fancy pants ones and a bunch of little pastries for the kids and for Natalie. Uh, Natalie said it was the best croissant she's ever had. To me, the bread was delicious. So it was worth it. I wish I had sauce to dip it into, but I didn't. Instead, I just had some bread and butter because I was sick and I had a stomach thing going on too. So I just had some regular bread, but I do have a go-to place now. For bread. Super excited uh, to have it. What's the name of it? I don't know. Pastis? pizzazz. I don't know. It's made... Let me look. Let me look at what it's called. We're on a podcast, right? So let's fucking... Who gives a shit? Like, we're just on Jersey to Vegas. We're not on NBC. Let's find bread uh, French bakery near me. And then we found it. It's called Café Brez. So it's a French bakery. It is uh, 3555 South Fort Apache Road, Suite 141. It's in the Apache Center. So it's Cafe B-R-E-I-Z-H. It was fucking delicious. I was so happy to, that we got it. When I, I just went, when I got it, you smelt it. You know what I mean? Like when you get good bread, you can smell it. And then when I put it and I grabbed it and I felt it, I was like, oh, it's going to be a good one. I felt it. And I was wanting to be the fat kid and eat it in the car, take a little piece, but I waited because I want to wash my hands. Um, I waited, I got home, and then after that, uh ate that bad boy up. It was delicious, and I can't wait to, to have another one. So I'm happy I found that. So I found pizza for the family, I found bread for everybody. People are assholes here, and uh, <laughs> people not all people are assholes here. I take that back. People are people are people, right? People are people. And drivers suck. That's definitely the the one thing that I can say about all this noise. That they really are terrible at driving uh, here. So, for me, what else? Uh, last time we talked about depression. Let me get a sip. Let me get a sip here. I'll take a break. How's that? Depression, anxiety, bipolar. I like to call those my superpowers. I got superpowers now. And instead of calling it that. And making everyone depressed, I say my superpowers. Because depression um, helps me stay in bed and recover. So when, I, it, when I'm when i really tired, I just sit at home and do whatever I can. But at the same time, rest and depression makes me feel that way. So I call that my recovery or super, super healing process. My uh, anxiety is what we would call my protector. So <laughs> me overthinking things and not being able to... Or, Me overthinking things and like mapping out how I'm going to do this or planning out how I'm going to do this or making sure that I'm protected from here or I don't do this because of this and this happens over here and put this over here kind of helps protect me and my family from any type of harm and danger anxiety is like my alert it's like my spidey senses when i'm driving and then i feel like something's going to happen or i overthink the fact that my whole family might die in the car because of me because i'm going to crash on this highway well then that's called my panic attack and i call that my spidey senses because it kind of feels like it because when you have a panic attack your body goes cold my hands go numb and i start to lose fucking focus and i can't see in my equilibrium so my my spidey senses go on so i have to pull off the highway and then start taking the streets again because that's how bad it is with me driving these days. Driving is becoming rough. I can't believe how hard it is for me to drive um, on the highway now. I don't understand it. The, the anxiety and the, the panic attacks are getting worse. So I'm not going to take medication for it. I have, I'm on enough medication. The doctor asked me if I wanted to take something you know, on the light side. I said no because I just... I'll just stay off the fucking highway, to be honest with you, because I do not want to do that. So that's my spidey senses. And then my bipolar is my super sense, superpower, superpower, because it makes me feel like I could do anything in the world. So when when I'm in mania, man, you cannot stop me. I could run through a fucking window. I think I'm in mania now. Can you hear the way I'm talking? I haven't stopped. So I think I am 100% in it um, because I woke up at 2.30 this morning, and I'm still on fire. 2:30 I got a lot done and now I have a list full of stuff that I got to do and look look it's there almost done. So this is what it sounds like to be um, in mania and I just keep talking and I don't stop and I have ideas and they don't stop and I try to do as much as I can in the time that I have and that's why I call that a superpower as well. Now you can say whatever you want you know but for me I, I like to think of it in a positive note. As for most of my life or most of this whole year or two, I've been on the negative notes. I'd like to take the, the opportunity to feel good about the things that I have. And I feel like that could be the lesson there. It's like, yeah, I have all these little things, maybe big things to some people. It is a big deal. And instead of looking at as, oh, I have anxiety and depression uh, I'm bipolar, which means I can't control my swings, and I don't know what's gonna happen next. Instead, I'm like, you know what? I got superpowers. My my superpowers are depression, anxiety, and bipolar, which means I have the ability to do anything I can and damage myself. I can have the ability to protect my whole family and everyone around me with this force field of anxiety, and or I have the ability to super heal in the time of depression uh, when I get hurt from everything, because usually from mania it becomes depression, so I probably hurt myself doing something stupid, and then I can heal my body. If this makes absolutely no sense to you, then it's perfectly fine, because it probably doesn't make any sense to anybody, but to me, it it makes a little bit of sense, and I think having this superpower helps me, and thinking thinking of it in that way helps me not feel bad about myself and feel bad about the things that are going on you know sometimes you feel super negative and you we all know that was me a couple months ago like just everything was wrong and everything was rough and everything was tough because it was you know it was in in that perspective and I couldn't pull myself out of that and I think I'm out of it and at the same time now I try to switch it into a point where yeah I have these things but it shouldn't stop me from living it shouldn't stop me from going and doing something good. It shouldn't stop me from going and doing something more productive and or positive in 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 life's note. Sure I could sit in bed all day. Sure I could complain about my anxiety. Sure I could do some bad stuff with my the the, the bipolar, but I could also just pretend they're superpowers and have a great time with it. So that's what I'm trying to do is be a little bit more positive about the things that I have. Fucking Sorry. I was thinking about it as I went to the bathroom. Depression. Like no one. I hate it. I hate that no one could be depressed anymore. Like, why is it looked at as such a bad thing? It's a, it's a good thing. You know, Depre- like, why does everyone have to be so happy all the time? Why do I have to be so happy all the time? Oh my God, make sure you are happy and send good vibes because on Instagram it says so and then I have to take a picture with a grass background and a neon sign that says good vibes and then good vibes only, that's all I give. Fucking liar, you're a fucking liar. No such thing as only positive, okay? No such thing. There's such thing as depression and that's okay. Imagine a world with no, no depression. Imagine the music that you would listen to with no depression. All the best music in the world was made because they're depressed and or some form of depression. If we listen to music only from happy people, we'd only be listening to Will Smith. <laughs> that's it. It'd be Will Smith and then some other disco singer from 1960 or 70. I'm not sure whoever that's going to be, but <laughs> that's what it is. Like to me, what's Depression. Depression is when you take. All, here's the depression, okay? Depression is when you take all your feelings of anger, frustration, anxiety, and hate, and you push it way down into your soul, like all the way down into your body, to the point where your body goes, "Listen, if you ain't gonna do anything about this, I'm gonna make sure that you can't do shit for the rest of your life." And that's what depression is, right? It like it, it pushes it down. If you don't do anything about your depression, all it's gonna do, it's gonna shut you down. Right. It's going to make sure that you don't do anything for the rest of your life until you take care of it. So that's what I think my take on depression is. Um, And I think that people that are not depressed or pretend to be super, super happy all the time um, are fake because it's impossible for you to, to feel that way. So don't feel bad if you have depression. But if you have a long form of depression, then go do something about it, because if not, your body's going to shut you down because that's its job to protect you. Okay, so that's what I was, that's kind of what I was talking about Um, with that. And speaking of depression, uh, we're going to get a little depressed because I'm going to read that letter soon, but (laughs) I can't can't imagine, I can't imagine a world with music (laughs) of only happy people. It's such a funny thought. Like, (laughs) the best music is made from depressed people, right? The best. Tell me if you could, if you start commenting, let me know what's the best songs that you could tell you right now, you know, and I'm sure that fucking it was made at some depressed point or with some depressed thought or some point of anxiety and really talking it out. It's the best. Will Smith is great, except he's the only person that you'll be listening to because it's all always going to be happy. And, uh, and that's it. I'm going to ramble now. So, all right, let's move into this letter. Thank you for hanging out and waiting. I will pull it up. If I cry, I apologize, but I don't know. It's probably what happens. Some dead time here. Where's Pages? There it is. All right, that's not it, motherfucker. Hold on a second. Oh, shit, I erased it. Fuck me. Shit, I erased it. Oh, there it is. I got it. All right. So let's read this bad boy. So my therapist feels like it's a phase of me... Learning and understanding how to say goodbye and dealing with the grief, and I, I wrote this letter um, to Crank with every piece of my, my heart, and uh, let's see how this goes. Dear Crank, I'm saying goodbye because it's time to move on, and I feel that I'm tired of feeling sad and tired of feeling lonely. I'm tired of feeling insignificant in a way where I exclude myself from moving forward. Saying goodbye makes me feel sad. It makes me feel guilty. It makes me feel anxious. It makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Although wrong is just a judgment, it still makes me feel like I'm turning my back against you all in order to selfishly move forward in my life, which is something I guess i never really done. I remember a time when things were great and the things were fun. Things made sense. There was connection. I feel like we lost that connection. And that's sad to say, even sadder hearing it, The second time around, you taught me how to love. You taught me how to care for people. You taught me how to put people in front of myself. You taught me what it's like to be important to say that I've had success. I made it. I proved everyone wrong by me standing next to you. I proved that dreams can come true, no matter what they are, no matter how far against the wall you are. something I want you to know is that I will never forget you. I'll never miss you. I will always miss you. I'll never forget the lessons you've taught me. The times we've had, the laughs, the frustrations, the good times, the sad times, the anxious times. I'm going to miss you so much that it hurts. It hurts deep down inside. It hurts in the deepest belly of my stomach fibers. I hate having to say goodbye, having to say see you later. I hate even having to write this, but I know in order for me to move forward, I must. I will always remember you for what you've done. I will always remember you for all what you did for me and my family and my dreams. I'll always remember everything that has made me who I am today. A strong, confident, caring, loving, funny, amazing person you see right in front of you. So to that I'll say, I'll see you later. Let's not say goodbye just yet. So that's the letter that I wrote uh, to Crank in order for me to move on in this process of grieving. Um, it was from every piece of my heart, you know, that's kind of how I write. And hopefully, you know, you guys that have been with me and have hung out with me understand how hard this could be. I thought I was going to ball at some point, but I did not. And, um, you know, I guess that's a sign of progress as well. So on that note, guys, thank you so much for for coming out today. I do appreciate everything you guys have done. Let me shout out our new Patreon is JV Lalo. Kuya JV is now a part of the Patreon crew. Thank you so much for for donating. Thank you so much for sponsoring and helping us out here at the Jersey to Vegas podcast. If you guys are interested in helping out the podcast grow, um, please go to Jersey to Vegas podcast or patreon.com slash Jersey to Vegas podcast. Um, and you get right there. So again it's patreon.com slash jersey to Vegas. You go there and donate whatever it is you want to donate to the channel or to the to the podcast. And I do appreciate you guys for coming out for episode number twenty-one. I don't want to leave on a sad note. Thank you guys for everything. Uh, thank you for everything you've done. And I will talk to you guys next week. This is Pete signing off from jerseytovegas.com. Peace out, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Pete, you can follow him on Instagram at Pete Thanks again, and see you next week.
1: Bye-bye.